0: But I think one of the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs make when they're trying to sell is they come across way too damn enthusiastic about their services. And they try to talk about their solution way too early in the conversation. Okay. Now, I know a lot of people when 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 we, when we say that, it's like, well, I mean, I've got to be excited about what I sell. Like, I, I have to believe in my product. I have to believe in my service. And I have to communicate that. You know, if I'm excited that it must be good, and I agree with you, you, you should be excited about your services, but you must learn how to contain that excitement and keep it to yourself, okay? Keep it internal, okay? We have to get rid of the commission breath.
1: Until right now, this very moment, contractors have always been on their own, not as trades people, but being alone and knowing how to take their business to the next level. They call us working class, they call us blue collar. They say that we don't have the smarts to become the business owner that we're meant to be. That is such bullshit. You have the ability. You're more than any of that. The question, really, is where do you get the insights that you need specific to contracting to systemize your business so you can get your profits to pay for your freedom? I'm Andrew Houston. I'm going to show you how to make more profits, how to get more control, how to get more freedom in the simplest, quickest way possible without any of that bullshit. Welcome to the No Bullshit Podcast for Contractors. Listen up, level up, and if you learn something, like the video, subscribe to the channel, change your business, change your life.
0: Well, <laughs> I'm not thinking straight, but we'll, that's we'll, all right. Whatever. Hey, I'm everybody, I've got
1: my man of the hour here, uh, Jeremy Miners. This guy is a master of sales, master of many, many things. But uh, I'm going to get you to introduce yourself a little bit further than what I'm doing, Jeremy. But you're internationally recognized um, in in you know across the globe as far as uh, not just being a sales trainer, but really a master of, of sales and, and bringing. Tactics, models, um, a different way of looking at sales uh, mentally, physically. And, uh, and we, we wanted to, you know, we're very lucky to have you here as our guest because one thing that everybody can benefit from real time is improving their sales skills,
0: right? Sure. Yeah.
1: So tell us a little bit about yourself and then let's get into some of the, the, the gold and, your, and you, know, you can bring your magician's hat with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'll keep it. I'll keep it brief to you. Um, So, you know, I got started in sales 20 years ago, burned out college student, um, got hired as my, you know, first job selling home security systems door to door. They told me it was going to be easy. Gave me a script, you know, some books from the old sales gurus that everybody knows about and said, hey, you know, go make some sales. And I started knocking on doors and, uh, you know, I was all excited. They told me to be excited about my product, excited about the service and that it would sell itself. And I started knocking on doors and I quickly found that that really wasn't the case. I started getting all these objections like we can't afford it. Uh, We don't need it. Uh, I'm not interested. Uh, You know, I need to think it over. I need to talk to my spouse. Uh, We don't have the money. Um, I need to look around for other quotes. You know, can you call me back a week, a month, a year later? And finally, I'd, I'd say after about seven or eight weeks of all the nonstop rejection, it was a straight commission job. I was newly married at that time. I was like 21, I think 22, somewhere in that range, had a kid on the way. Um, and I, I quickly found that when you're working a straight commission job and you don't have the right skills, you don't make very much money, all right? So after about seven or eight weeks of that nonstop rejection, you know, I still remember, I was telling this story that our day on a, on a virtual training uh, class I was, I was doing with a, a corporate client. And I remember like standing on the corner one night, I had not made any sales for the day. I'd made like, I think, one sale, maybe the whole week. I probably worked like 70 hours. It was like on a Saturday the whole week. I could have made more working at like McDonald's basically. And I remember sitting there like drenched in sweat. You know, it's like middle of July, just hot as hell. And I remember like my legs, like if you ever done door-to-door sales, like your legs get really tired because you just Absolutely. walk around for like 12 straight hours. All yeah. right. So when you're
1: making sales,
0: it's okay, but when you make nothing it, it kind of hurts. So it, it, I save, it saves there. you money
1: from not going to the gym, but it also, it's pretty painful. I right? guess. Right. So, uh, you know, I was sitting there,
0: my legs just burned out. And, and I, you know, at that point, I just, I still remember like the, you know, rubbing my shoe on the hot concrete. Like it was that vivid in my mind. And I remember like thinking like, you know, maybe, maybe selling, maybe just wasn't for me. Right? If it, has anybody ever, you know, thought about that themselves, you know, listen to this. And I remember my sales manager picked us all up in the van, you know, they take you back to the office, like 10 at night. And he popped in this Tony Robbins, it was a CD at the time. This was like the summer of 2000, you know, like 21 years ago, something like that, Two, 2001. And he popped in this CD and Tony, Tony said something like this. I, I might be butchering some of it, but he said, most people fail, uh, really for the simple reason they don't learn the right skills necessary to succeed. They don't learn the right skills. He actually goes on to say that everybody's taught skills, but people who are taught the wrong ones typically fail. You have to be taught the right skills. And it was suddenly like something went off in my mind, like it was like a you know a, a heaven uh, announcement, a revelation that maybe what I was being taught by the company and all these old sales gurus, maybe they just weren't the right skills. Maybe they were just outdated and, and didn't work very well anymore. Cause I, I'd never thought about that that could even be a possibility. Now at the same time, I was going to college and my major was behavioral science and human psychology. Hmm. Okay, so I was learning from my professors that the most persuasive way to communicate was like over here. But then when I would read all the sales guru books, they were telling me it was over here. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like they're telling me to push, push, push. Whereas human behavior teaches you, you have to do certain things and use techniques that actually work with the brain and human behavior to get the person to persuade themselves. So I was like, how do I take that theory from behavioral science and human psychology and interject that into sales? And that's what I did over you know several years, uh, over a decade, I would say, I became one of the top uh, highest paid salespeople on the planet. I, I think I'm still ranked. You actually looked me up online. I was ranked number 44 or 45 in the entire world uh, for about nine years straight selling anything out of any industry, this is like 130 some million salespeople uh, making close to three million dollars a year in commissions for like I don't know, like nine or ten straight years. So made a little bit of money. Government takes half of it, of course. You know, it's not so fun. But here we are, and you're going to have to forgive me. I just got out of eye surgery. My eyes are still that's freaking okay, dilated. I think I look okay. like an alien. People no, you like, don't. Do actually, actually,
1: you don't. You don't. You look very focused. Okay. So okay. Because this. Thing, yeah. I yeah, like this guy is not from Earth. His eyes are like <laughs> popping
0: out of his brain. It's because they had to dilate my eyes to do the surgery. And they're like, oh, by the way, it's going to take about five hours to wear off. And that was about two hours ago. So,
1: so we appreciate I mean, you showing like up. That's why. We appreciate you showing up even though you can't see, but we can see you. And that that that's, I, don't, that's I can right. see a little bit, but you we're go. good. So, you know, we've got, you know, as you know, our group, our group of champion CEOs and, and yeah. this family of contractors that we work with you know, one of the biggest um, common denominators, doesn't matter what trade, doesn't matter where they're located, doesn't matter how many team members they have, is, you know, turning opportunity, right? People that are calling them. And in a lot of cases, and you guys can relate, you know, I'm sure you can relate um, to a lot of things Jeremy's already said as far as rejections and things of that nature. Um, But when we look at, when we look at sales uh, in, in the world of contracting, like that's, that's a necessary thing that you need to get really good at. And no offense to anybody listening in, you know, I went through trade school. I own my own contracting company. Um, and I was able to sell, sell jobs and things of that nature. And you know, land this land that and, 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 you know, get the work to come in, but nobody ever trained us right? And nobody ever, especially this level of training that you're about to share with, with the, the group. Um, sure. So, you know, let me just ask you a couple of questions. So,
0: Yeah, far, far away.
1: Yeah, so if you were to look at, you know, these amazing contractors, you know, they're working really hard. They These guys are, you know, I'm passionate about them, not only because I'm a, I'm an ex tradee, had my own contracting company and what have you, but you know, the reality is that these guys are willing to put in the time, right? They already put in the time, but they don't get the results. So what would you say is one of the biggest, um, I don't know, the biggest mistakes that, business owners make, you know, when it comes to, you know, trying to sell their product or their service?
0: Yeah. I mean, I tell you, I mean, there's a lot of mistakes. I, you know, I think, I think for business owners, you know, that's, I think that's a lot of your audience, you know, contractors, and you know, we, we train a lot of people in that space as well. We train, uh, individual contractors and plumbers and electricians, construction workers to big corporations that do the same thing to individual people. It doesn't really matter. But I think one of the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs make When they're trying to sell is they come across way too damn enthusiastic about their services and they try to talk about their solution way too early in the conversation okay now i know a lot of people when 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 we when we say that it's like well i I mean i've got to be excited about what i sell like Mm -hmm. I, i have to believe in my product i have to believe in my service and i have to communicate that you know if i'm excited that it must be good And I agree with you, you you should be excited about your services, but you must learn how to contain that excitement and keep it to yourself. Okay, keep it internal, okay? We have to get rid of the commission breath, all right? Realize this, this, this is just human psychology 101, okay? Within the first, I would say seven to 12 to 15 seconds of any sales conversation you're in, whether you're on the phone, whether you're in person, whether you're on Zoom, it does not matter. Your prospect, okay? Subconsciously, this is where our brain works, is picking up on your verbal and nonverbal cues from your tonality and what you are saying and or asking that triggers their brain to react to you in one of two ways. I want everybody to to think about this the first way, because I'm sure it happens to you almost on every call or every other call, and there's a reason why. First of all, if you come across aggressive or needy or attached, and you don't know the right questions to ask to get them to open up, it triggers their brain to go into what we call fight or flight mode, okay? Everybody's heard that, where they try to get rid of you fast and say things like, hey, can you just send me a quote? Uh, Can you just email me some information? uh can you uh, you know i'm checking around uh, w- what your services do just get to the point or mm-hmm. you know can you call me back later uh, I, or we don't need it or we don't have the money for that or or you know call me back in a week a month a year later does anybody ever get that on here absolutely Probably. dude okay all the there's time. a reason why okay now if you come across more neutral and unbiased and especially detached and you ask the right questions it actually triggers that person's brain to become so curious that they feel like they have to engage, that they want to open up to you as you might have something that's very important to them. So when we come across more detached from the, uh, I would say, expectations of getting the job or making the sale and really focus on whether there's a sale to be made in the first place, whether or not they have problems that you can solve, when we do that, They do what? They become more open to what you're offering. Now, do I mean that you need to get on every call and not make a sale? No, your goal on every call is to make a sale, because if you don't make a sale, you don't help them solve their problem and they stay in status quo and nothing ever changes. But you have to keep that to yourself. The moment they feel like they're being sold is the moment that you're going to notice they start shutting down. And they just start closing down and you ask them a question and they're just very close minded. That's the biggest mistake that
1: most entrepreneurs make. There's a lot more, but that's okay. I problem. love it. I love it. Now, I'm not sure if you remember what the name of this podcast is. Do you know what the name of this podcast is? Uh, the contractors. Okay. No problem. I'll help you. It's the no bullshit. Podcast <laughs> for contractors. Okay. I, 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 well, I knew something about contractors, yeah. but I didn't know the BS. It's but the, but the no like bullshit, no awesome. BS. Okay. So I'm a no BS guy. Okay. And what does that mean? That means that on these podcasts, sometimes I, I sometimes it's not like I feel sorry, but it's just it's just the reality of the podcast, which is like I like to make this as real as possible. So these guys are listening in, going driving in their fucking truck, going, Holy shit, I'm about to make a I'm I'm about to meet a prospect right now. I'm two kilometers away. All right, Jeremy dude you've been giving me gold but but we got to really you know solidify this so can you give me an example maybe use some form of a sentence or something where you're using a different tonality instead of like the you know the typical tradesperson's like hey I'm here to uh to, to, to quote your uh, your deck you know like uh, let's let's go in the back and, and and take a look at that and you know uh, you know I'm the sure. right solution yeah, right. so
0: that's uh, yeah, so that's no problem. so that's that's called connecting questions. so we want to when we first meet a prospect in person or whether they're on phone, let's say they're calling you to get a quote or whatever um, we want to we want to basically ask a few connecting questions that help them want to engage. So instead of saying, hey, I'm here to do the quote or I'm excited to see you, we got a great service blah 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 and they just shut down mm-hmm. and then they tell you they want another quote at the end. Uh, so you want an example like if they meet them at the house? Yes, Is that what exactly. you Exactly. Yep, yep, okay. exactly. Ding dong. Door yeah. opens. Uh, okay. Hey, hey John, it's just uh it's just uh Jeremy Miner here. Uh, looks like you had uh, called in requesting some information about possible quotes for X, Y, and Z. I, I don't know, what would they be selling? Give me yeah, an example. Yeah, exactly
1: exactly. So yeah, I called you in because um, well, no, no, no. Just give me an example of what what would they be selling, and then I'll oh, plug they'd be in selling, they'd then. be selling, putting in say a new deck in the backyard because the okay, the, the okay, all right, all right. right. I, I know you yeah. got
0: lots of people on here, so I didn't know yeah. which way you yep. wanted me to Perfect. go. Hey, hey, John, it's just Jeremy. All right, so it looks like you had um, called in some information requesting some some possible help uh, with building uh, a new deck, and I just had time to, to get back to you to, to see if I could help. Is this an appropriate time? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. So, hey, I was curious, like when you I guess when you saw the website that you called in where we were talking about, you know, the deck and blah, 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 blah. What I guess what was it about the the ad or or the site you went through that I guess attracted your attention to want us to come out? See what I'm doing right there is I'm doing what is I'm putting the focus back on them rather than on me. Okay, so that's just a that's just a first part of that. Now there's a lot more
1: to that. No, no, there's for sure. But dude, more connecting
0: questions. But
1: that's that's you see the tonality I did that in. Totally. Now everybody listening in, so you guys can apply this right away. Okay, whether that's a phone call coming in, you know, prospect needs you to come out there. You know, notice what Jeremy's doing, right? He's in control of the conversation, and he's actually getting the prospect to actually be in control as well. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jeremy. Right. Mm-hmm. But with, with not some certainty of like, I am here to solve your problems. Well, the reality is that, you know, you don't even know if you're the right fit to solve the problems. Right. So, you know, it's, I think, you know, just taking that approach takes their guard down.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, for example, let's say you, you knock on the door and they're like, Hey, yeah, I just, uh, just need a quote. Uh, that's all I need. I just need a quote. Right. I'm sure you probably get that all one the time. <laughs> so here's what you do. Yeah, that's not a problem. Um, I guess, what is it that you're hoping to see from the quote, just so I have a better understanding? That would be the first question. Prospect says, well, I'm, I'm just trying to see if we have the budget for your, your deck and just uh, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Okay, that makes sense, um, or okay, I, I understand. Now, it, it might, you know help me, it, it might make sense before I you know, send or write up a quote if I understood a little bit more about what you have in the backyard now, as far as the deck you have, just to see if we can even help you in the first place, because there's some homes that we're just, there's not much we can do. Would that be appropriate? Now, what did that just do? Disarms the prospect, okay? So when I say, yeah, that's not a problem, what what is it that you're hoping to see from a quote, just so I understand? And they're gonna tell me, well, I'm trying to see if I have the budget for that, but now if you just give them a quote without diagnosing the situation, you're dead. You just now become commoditized with 10 other companies and they just go off the lowest one. You cannot run a profitable business and make millions and millions of dollars a year when you're commoditized with everybody else. You have to be able to stand apart and be viewed as like the expert or the trusted authority that's going to get them what they want, get them from where they're at their current state to their objective state. What's the gap in between these problems that they didn't even know they had. You have to realize that most of your prospects don't even realize they have a problem when you first start talking to them, okay? Or maybe they understand they have a problem, but they don't really know how bad the problem really is. Or maybe they don't understand the consequences of what will happen if they don't do anything about solving that problem. Now, through your questioning skills, you know, learning what we call NEPQ or neuroemotional persuasion questions, you're able to help them not only just find one problem, but you're able to help them find two or three or four of their problems on top of that. And when you're able to do that, here's where they are, their current state, here's where they want to be. What's the gap? All of these problems that they now see in their mind that they have. You're not telling them what their problems are because that's gonna go in one ear out the other because that would come from you. You're biased, you're trying to win money or you're a sale. You're asking them the right questions that allow them to see in their own mind what their problems are. You see the difference in that? It's huge. Uh,
1: like now, so- so when you say NEPQ, just just uh, elaborate a little bit on. I know what that is, you know, because yeah. this is what you do. This you created this, but yeah, just elaborate a little bit more about how is that compared to the traditional, you know.
0: Yeah, approach. I'm gonna go through that. Would it help if I finished how to do the quote? Yeah, thing? for sure, absolutely. Okay, I just I want to let's so, go let's go land a job, baby. Yeah. So so basically, yeah, yeah, that's not a problem. I guess what is it that you're hoping to. Uh, see from the quote, just so I I guess, I understand better. See my tonality? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like acting confused. Well, we want to see this. Okay. Um, would it make sense before I sent you a quote if we understood a little bit more about X, Y, and Z to see if we can even help you in the first place? Oh, yeah, that would be. And then we go into what are called situation questions, where we're finding out their present situation. Now, after we take them through a series of questions, right? We don't have time to go through all those right here. Then at the end, you're going to do this. Okay, so what I can do is, um, I can work on putting together a quote for you, if, if you'd like. Now, let's assume for a minute that we get you the quote and we're able to, to meet your needs that you had talked about. What do you see as the next step from there? See how we do that?
1: Very okay. different.
0: Uh, well, it actually works. That's how you make a lot of sales because people trust you. You're asking their permission, but you're doing it in a way that keeps control of the sales process. Where they feel like they're in the control, but who's really in control? You are. Now there's a lot of in between that. You can't just like say that one thing I did and then just say that. There's like situation questions, problem awareness questions, solution awareness questions. You have to learn those, but that's kind of an overview of how that process works. I've, Does that I've, got, make to, sense? I've got
1: to catch something here because I've I've you know, there's so many people that you've helped, and there's one thing that pops up quite consistently. Um is that after people have taken your program and after they've applied it and they've gotten amazing results, they have a way more energy at the end of the day doing a sure. day of sales, yeah. versus like just being completely drained, you know, like like ready to go for a nap type of thing. And I Do can see. you know what see, that is? Well, I can see you're you're not doing the heavy lifting.
0: Yeah, because in traditional selling, like when you read these old school books of of trainers that really haven't sold anything for decades or they just might repackage something from an old trainer from the 50s or 80s or whatever, consumers are completely different in our day and age. I mean, power of the internet, especially social media, uh, they know they have the the power, uh, they know that, that what you're selling, there's many other choices to choose the exact same product or service. So because of that, they're no longer gonna be manipulated or pressured by pushy salespeople or contractors because they know they have many choices to choose what you're offering okay mm-hmm. so we have to learn to ask the right questions at the right time with the right delivery that work with human behavior rather than against it mm-hmm. if we ask if we ask like consultative questions like uh, what's your uh, biggest problem john or what's keeping you awake at night all that does is trigger sales resistance because they hear it over and over again from every salesperson for the last 20 years, 30 years, however old they are. So because you're triggering sales resistance all the time and they're throwing out objections and throwing out objections, you're like in a boxing match with people every day. Like you're going like box, box back and they, they give you an objection, you've got to box back like, and then by the end you're like mentally broken and drained and you have anxiety, like maybe they're gonna cancel, maybe they're not gonna do the quote. When you, when you learn how to work with human behavior, people pull you in. You don't push them, people pull you in and they come after you, they chase after you because they view you differently than any of the other salespeople. They view you, like I said, as the expert or the trusted authority who's gonna take them from here and take them to where they want to be. And so because of that, you don't have stress. You don't have anxiety because when you learn what we teach, it gets the prospect to persuade and sell themselves mm-hmm. rather than you trying to force it on them. Do You see the difference in that. Yeah, type of and you you
1: talk a lot about preventing objection versus handling objections, and that's what you're, you know, that's what this is allowing for, right?
0: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a lot about it for sure, and we'll get into that in a minute. Now, you asked me about NEPQ. What were you asking me again? Yeah, I, like just, my thought?
1: Yeah, so NEPQ. So tell just just maybe recap on what does that stand for? And just a little bit about like, like why did, you know, why did you go about creating this thing?
0: Well, I, you know, I really had no choice because I was, I was broke. The traditional selling skills weren't making me that much money. And I I was learning from behavioral science, you know, one way to, to persuade compared to the gurus, So I, I felt like I didn't have a choice. So like I said, a minute ago, I majored in behavioral science and human psychology, right? Study of the brain how human beings make decisions, how they're persuaded or not persuaded. That's really what that is when when you're talking about how do human beings make decisions? Well, it comes down to are they persuaded to do something or not, okay? So everybody write this down, this is important. According to behavioral science, there are three forms of communication, okay? Three different ways to communicate. Once you understand the differences in persuasion and where you are now compared to where you could be, completely will change your whole business, okay? So the first mode of communication, uh, which is called ERA1, 1, E-R-A-1 1 type of sales, more like boiler room selling, okay? We're the least persuasive, everybody seen whoop on Wall Street, right? So we're the least persuasive when we tell people things or we attempt to dominate them or posture them, manipulate them, or push them into doing something that we want them to do. Like I said, think boiler room selling, wolf on Wall Street. Hey, I've got a great opportunity for you. And then you talk about the features and benefits of what you do. And then you push and push and push and tell them why they need to buy and why you're better over your competition. And they need to go with you. It's literally just like you telling your spouse that they need to do something for you. And then you push them. What do they typically do back? They push back. Right? It's the same in sales. I don't see how people don't see that. So let me give you a few examples of the least persuasive way to sell. Presenting, we're all taught that you have to have a great presentation, slide decks and all this crazy stuff hour long about how great your products and services are. We have the best this, we have the best that. By the way, doesn't every salesperson or contractor say they have the best service? How many contractors on here, or let's say if you're a salesperson as well for a contractor or whatever, say that your service is the fifth best in the market. Nobody does, right? You all say that you're the best. So when you say that, just so you know, psychologically in a, in a human being, it's brain, they will actually trust you less or if you talk bad about your competitors or talk down about your competition because they're used to every person that's ever tried to sell them something saying the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. You're triggering more resistance, okay? Mm-hmm. So it's just like if, if you're dating somebody and they're like, oh, don't worry, I'm not crazy. Well, that means they're probably crazy. It's the same thing. <laughs> so according to the data, it's not very persuasive in your presentation It's if it's more than 10% of that sales conversation, okay? What about telling your story? Oh. Hate to tell you this, nobody cares about your story when you're selling one-to-one. Whose story do they care about the most? Their story, right? Mm-hmm. What about giving a sales pitch? We've all been told you gotta give a great pitch. According to science, not very persuasive. If anybody ever walks, uh, watches the show on CNBC, Shark Tank, right? Yes. It was like Mark Cuban, Damian John, Barbara, all those sharks, watch their body language. When the entrepreneurs come out and start pitching, watch how they react to that, their faces is like, Okay. That's what it does. All right. What about assuming the sale? You've all been taught. You got to assume the sale. Just come right in. Do you want delivery Monday or Tuesday? No. Very low on the persuasive poll, According to the data, this is not like, oh, I hope this is what the science says. This is what the data says, especially if you're more of a complex sale, which some of you guys are, which might take you multiple calls to get a job, depending on how big the job is. You have to learn how to stop assuming the sale, more permission, okay? Now, you have to ask yourself, how many of you on here use these techniques or were taught to use them? Most people are like, yeah, that was me, I I just didn't know. Now, the second form of communication, we call this era two type of sales, is more consultative. Everybody's heard that, okay? We're more persuasive when we attempt to have a discussion, consultative selling. Came out in the late 80s with a book uh, called Spin Selling. It was by a professor neil rackham by a professor that taught you had to ask logical based questions about the needs of the client neil's great he just never sold anything it's good but what's a potential downfall of this approach when you only ask logical based questions we call those surface level questions well your prospect's going to give you logical based answers in return and do people buy on logic or emotion it's a hundred percent doesn't matter if it's a deck doesn't matter if it's an electrical job it doesn't matter if it's a car i mean it, it a home, it doesn't matter. It's all emotion. Okay, so you want to stay away from questions like, "What's keeping you awake at night?" or "Can you ke- tell me two problems you have?" or "Or what are you looking for in a solution?" or "What sort of budget do you have set aside?" They're just surface level questions that never peel back the the layers of the onion. Mm-hmm. You have to learn how to do that if you want to make a lot of sales and a lot of money in your profession. It doesn't matter the profession. Okay, now third mode of communication called dialogue, this is era three type of sales, is we are the most persuasive when we allow others to persuade themselves. Now that's called dialogue when we ask, what we mentioned here, neuro-emotional persuasion questions. That stands for NEPQ. Now the key is where we use certain questions and techniques that work with human behavior to get the prospect to pull us in and chase us rather than us chasing after them. Now, the question is, how do you do that? How do you get somebody to persuade themselves? That's a million dollar question. You just show up and say, hey, John, go ahead and persuade yourself and here's my wire direction, just wire the funds and we'll get the deck Good out luck there. With that. You know, <laughs> that's not gonna work. You have to learn specific skilled questions, when and how to ask them the right tonality and a step-by-step structure that get your prospect to sell themselves rather than you trying to do it. That's a breakdown of an You with me?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Dude. I mean, bunch of know. boring, nerdy stuff, eh?
0: bunch Jacob. of boring,
1: nerdy stuff. No, here's the, here's the reality is that sales is a freaking profession. Okay. It is a skill set that you need to go and get trained on. It is not something that you're just going to wake up tomorrow, get kicked in the head, and go, Oh man, I've got all these techniques, right? Like, Oh, that was a great podcast. I mean, you, you've got, look at, we've been using, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take a little bit of the, you know, I, I like the no bullshit podcast cause we take the mask off. We've been using, um, you know, our, our head of sales has been working with you yeah. and your team for man. I don't know, like about a year now. Okay, and the results have been absolutely exponential. Now, I'm gonna tell you from firsthand what that means. It doesn't mean that our sales have just gone up. Okay. It also means that the right people have become part of this family, okay? Yeah. You know, when you're taking that approach that, you're, you, that you've shared with us, I mean, everybody can benefit from it like real time. Yeah. The reality is that you're also ensuring that, that it's the right fit. Yeah. right? Because well, you're giving, go ahead.
0: Yeah, and, and and most of your prospects that you talk to, it's going to be a good fit, right? right. But you got to keep that to yourself. You can't be like, hey, this is a good fit, you know, and I don't even like to use the word good fit because like a lot of salespeople use that. Like right. we want to sound completely different than everybody else, right? Because the moment they feel like they're being sold to and using the lingo that every salesperson makes, it just triggers resistance, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so we use different words for that, right? But I think the, the point is that everybody has to understand is it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're a, a contractor, you know, a plumber, electrician, you know, salesperson, that sells cars, real estate. I mean, SAS, it doesn't matter. I know you have a lot of different types of people in, in your, in, that listen to your podcast, but everyone's in sales now. I mean, even a stay at home mom is in sales, even if you don't get paid a commission because everybody's out there trying to persuade, influence, and convince others. You're trying to move others. I even call that non-sale selling. We don't even get paid to sell, but everybody's still selling, right? If you're a business owner, which you have a lot of business owners listening to this, and you're trying to get your employees to follow the vision of your company, what are you doing? You're trying to persuade, you're trying to influence, and you're trying to move others. If you're an employee, trying to convince your boss to give you a pay raise, hmm. you're trying to persuade, convince, move others. You know, If you're an attorney, trying to convince and judge that your client is innocent, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Convincing, persuading. If you're a stay-at-home mom that maybe is homeschooling their kids and you're trying to get your kids to pay attention or you're a teacher, what are you doing? You're trying to persuade, you're trying to influence, you're Jeremy, trying to move forward. Would, would,
1: would you say that this is like the next evolution of
0: communication? Well, it wouldn't be me saying that, but we have thousands of clients that have said that for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. We'll just go off what they say.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> well, and the results that they get, right?
0: Well, we, we only we only have like close to four thousand testimonials in the first two years. So we're doing something right. But you know, a lot of people ask me like where did you get these where did you get any PQ from? You know, behavioral science is one thing, human psychology, but when I was in university and even after I got in university, I really studied two people where I took their communication styles and put them into selling because I couldn't find anybody out there that had ever done that. I literally spent thousands of dollars I didn't have on every single sales training course on planet Earth when I was younger, okay? The two people that I developed NEPQ from are really Socrates. If anybody remembers him from like Psych 101, took a deep dive in him, still do. And I would say Jesus Christ himself. And I want you to think about those two people for a minute. Why those two, okay? Socrates and Christ didn't tell people what they should do. They didn't lecture them. They asked certain questions that got their quote unquote prospects to think about their situation, their current state, their beliefs, their problems, where they are now and what was holding them back and also to get them to think about where they really wanted to be, their objective state. Mm -hmm. Now they didn't teach people or tell people what they should do. They asked easy to answer questions that allowed the prospect or the people to actually persuade themselves. See the difference in that? That's why they're so influential. Obviously, Christ himself, for many other reasons, just besides his communication Mm -hmm. styles. Okay. Uh, But that's where NEPQ comes from. And that's why we have hundreds of different industries we train at this point, and they all get results. It doesn't matter if it's contractors. It doesn't matter if it's car sales. It doesn't matter if it's real estate. It doesn't matter if it's SaaS. It doesn't matter if it's Solar. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, network marketing. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, we picked up a big manufacturer in Germany a couple of weeks ago that sells seatbelts. Okay? It doesn't matter. We get results in any industry. Google AdWords is our largest client. We train four of their largest divisions. That's completely different than seatbelts or contractors. Exactly. But yet everybody gets results because it's the process, it's the step-by-step process from connecting questions to situation questions to problem awareness questions that help the prospect find out what their problems really are. Most prospects, like I said, don't even realize they have a problem. So we have to become what we call problem finders and problem solvers, whereas most salespeople are taught to be product pushers. It's a major difference. and And when you learn how to be a problem finder and problem solver, selling becomes very easy, really no stress. It becomes very, very profitable. And the great thing is you're helping your prospects Find and solve problems. Get out of the status quo and get where they want to be. And they will literally be throwing money at you to solve their problems and get them where they want to be. It's not you chasing them. They're literally coming. To you thanking you
1: for them to send money to you to get them where they want to be. And that's Dude, a good place. amazing, amazing. This is game changer insight. So wrapping up this podcast you know, there's people listening in and they're like, wow, this really resonated with me. Um, well, I'm not that cool.
0: My my kids say I'm pretty boring, but thanks for the compliment. That's
1: okay, man. That's all right. So, um, uh, you're cool with me. And that's, that's all that matters in this moment right now. So, um, you got a good
0: hat, and I, I even wore an orange shirt for this. I didn't know you're gonna wear an orange hat. I like it.
1: Yeah. I just got the tractor there two weeks ago.
0: There you go. I like it. Dude. Yeah. That's and you good. grew
1: up on a farm as well. I understand. I did. Right? I grew up
0: on a, a cattle and horse ranch. It was about 500 acres in the middle of Missouri so you know as a kid uh, I milk cows like get up at four in the morning before school I'd milk oh my gosh my life I would milk cows on the weekends my freaking stepdad would have me out there like planting stuff in the garden in the fields the summer hay bales post holes oh, for yeah, fence like I worked like a madman and by the time yeah. I was 18 I, I freaking split went to college I, I played college baseball and like left town and never came back <laughs> and it turned me it turned me from the farmer rancher to like a city slicker because I was so burned out from working since I was like one. I swear I was working. I was digging post holes yep. as like an 18-month-old kid. I, don't, I was so young. Now, I would still go back and, you know, every once in a while ride horses and stuff like that. But I got I got burned out.
1: Yeah. You know what? Being a farmer, man, and there's no mercy, right? I grew up on a farm no as mercy. well. There's no mercy. A great work ethic though. Absolutely. And so I think that's what a lot of the audience here can relate to. So you know they've they've listened to this. it's resonated with them. What would you say is the what would be the next step that you'd suggest for them wrapping this up? You know, or, or yeah, I mean, if they if they ever want to learn about our different you know sales training programs, we have
0: we have ton twenty some different training programs for for any type of funding situation a person's in. It, it all depends on how much money they want to make, right? right? I mean, if, if you want to make more money, you learn these advanced skills, you just make more money, Absolutely. make fifty yeah. times more than what you pay for the training, a hundred yeah. times more. Some 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 people say like this is a thousand times more. Okay. So I would just have them go to our, our Facebook group. We have a Facebook group. We started about seven, eight months ago. It's called Sales Revolution. I think we, uh, do we have the, do we give you the link?
1: Yeah, so we'll be putting the link down
0: below in the- Okay, in the let me know if you don't have it. I think my assistant might've sent it to you, but just have them go to Sales Revolution Facebook group. We started about eight months ago. We already have almost 10,000 uh, people in it. They're wow. you know business owners, probably like a lot of people like here, sales professionals. And I actually go live in that Facebook group along with our CEO, uh, Matt Ryder, which you know as well. Yep. Typically about four times a week. We do a Q and A in there every week. We do a 30 to 40 minute training on different subjects in there every week. That's all for free. And we also interview other clients every week. Usually at least a couple of clients every single week, new clients week after week after week. We've already interviewed like 80 in there. People are like, holy hell. Well, we have thousands more to interview. We just can't get to them. We have to screen them now, which is kind of cool. Uh, and we interview people and we break down their sales process so people can see it and they can take them like, wow, I could use that for what I sell. And I could do this with what I sell. And so when they join the Facebook group, uh, there's like a three question survey. We find out kind of what industry they're in, what they sell, the price points. It just helps our data. So we know kind of what to train on in the Facebook group. And then right when you join, uh, you're going to get tagged by somebody on my team and like a welcome tag. So check your Facebook Messenger. And in facebook messenger they will actually uh, message you a free training it's about a 40 minute training on objection prevention wow what questions yes. do you ask in your sales process that prevent objections from even happening in your prospect's mind not just objection handling how do you prevent objections from happening it makes selling so much more enjoyable you know,
1: and everybody listening, think about how much that's worth to you like think about the next job or the last job that you sold whether it's ten grand, 100 grand a hundred grand, and freaking million dollar deal, you know how many of those did you lose that you you know because you couldn't handle the objections that you could now be able to handle, and also differentiate yourself massively from the competition. So yeah, we find a lot of
0: people in your space because we do train a lot of people in your space too. Uh, a lot of times they you know obviously they they increase sales. You know we we had one company was like hey we increased sales by you know sixty seven percent last year. We're like Man, that really sucks that's not that good like usually it should be 100 200 like 67 percent. what do you not understand that's our mojo we're like that's not very good that's okay though but they were happy but what i'm saying is a lot of them come to us and like not only we're we selling a ton more and like we're, we're scaling the company and we went from you know a hundred thousand dollars a month in revenue now we're up to a million dollars a month in revenue and we're hiring all these people and now we're up to two million a month and just on and on and on is they come back and they say hey not only we're we selling a lot more but our average size job is way bigger. So we were selling 10,000 jobs. Now we're able to get 20 and 25 and $30,000 jobs, even though they said they didn't have the budget when we first started talking to them. How is that possible? Okay, it's getting the prospect to persuade themselves. So go to Sales Revolution, uh, just join, answer the three question survey, it's 10 seconds long. And then we tag you when you join, and either myself or someone on your team will message you uh, that free training. And uh, yeah, enjoy the training, set your notifications on your Facebook. So when we go live during the week, you get notified that group's becoming so big that Facebook doesn't show it to everybody in there. And people are like, well, I missed the live, where do I go? You got to set your notifications on your your Facebook. So when we go live in Sales Revolution, you get notified and sit back and enjoy and learn and learn how to sell more, make more money and and bless your prospects lives because now you solve the
1: problems. I love it, man. So listen, thank you so much for showing up, especially, you know, (laughs) <laughs> injured, my, wounded. My alien eyes exactly. right now for It's memory. like, man, that guy's got big pupils. What's going on here? Well, so, they,
0: told, they told me it was going to take about five hours. It's been about two hours and 43 minutes. Basically, like it looks every, like you
1: have black eyes.
0: I still have black I, eyes. Yeah, like every 15 minutes, I'm like, oh, I'm seeing a little bit better now. Right. You know, but I still have the alien eyes, so there you go. Well,
1: know. here's the thing. Hopefully, all you guys listening are seeing a little bit better when it comes to, you know, how you can improve your ability to sell. Um and Jeremy, thank you so much for all your insights today and your time, dude. Rock and roll. Yeah. We appreciate all the help that you've brought to the table here, at Prof for contractors. And and honestly, I mean it from the bottom of my heart, all the people that you've helped us actually be able to help that in the past we wouldn't have been able to help. So catch you on the flip side, brother. Cheers. All right. Where do you live? I'm here in Ottawa.
0: All right. When Canada. I come to Ottawa. When I come to Ottawa, whenever you guys open up in like twelve years, yep. you owe me dinner
1: absolutely man it's on us <laughs> okay i'll have to bring you some uh some beef because j- just right, like you're gonna me. have to open up i think you're gonna be closed for another 10 years yeah you never I'm know cool. man we're we're in this bubble the canadian bubble but you never you know.
0: guys are just too cool i guess i don't know what's going on
1: i know man okay <laughs> we'll catch you later thanks bro all right, all right cheers. Thanks, man thank you Bye hey rockstar i hope that you enjoyed that one i mean if you did like this podcast leave a review leave a comment now this will help us a lot to keep you bringing the gold keep the help allowing you to delegate dominate and deliver so you can take your contracting business to the next level now make sure you subscribe get the latest teachings and insights and we will see you back here for another no bullshit podcast no seriously no bullshit